Hello and welcome back to Say It Again, the Soda 2 podcast where we talk about the day that has been and we think about the things that should be said again and we prepare for the day to come. We get ready for tomorrow. And tomorrow is, of course, Saturday. The weekend is almost upon us. An exciting development. I hope you had a good Friday and a very enjoyable weekend to look forward to. Today is October the 4th, 2019, and this is episode 21. The weather this week has remained gray and gloomy. There's some dampness in the air and a chill as of last night. It finally dropped below 50 degrees. It really feels like fall. And so today we're going to take a crack at a poem that will actually require reading over several days. It's a big poem. It was originally published in installments, and it is a poem by Edgar Allan Poe. Here is The Raven, part one. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. Tis some visitor, I muttered, tapping at my chamber door, only this and nothing more. Ah, distinctly I remember it was in the bleak December, and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly I wished the morrow, and vainly I had sought to borrow from my books surcease of sorrow, sorrow for the lost Lenore, for that rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore, nameless here forevermore. And the silken, sad, uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before, so that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating, "'Tis, tis some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door, some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door." This it is, and nothing more. Presently my soul grew stronger, hesitating then no longer, Sir, I said, or uh, Madam, truly your forgiveness I implore. But the fact is I was napping, and so gently you came rapping, so faintly came your tapping, tapping at my chamber door, that I was scarce... Sure I heard you, here I opened wide the door. Darkness there, and nothing more. Well, it's been a busy week at Soda 2. It's Friday, and so we finished up some projects. We had a philosophy circle during our 8th grade resource time, and actually during math first hour, we also had a visiting teacher uh, a young woman uh, from central China who is here 
on a teacher exchange program who came to meet our students and share a little bit of her story. It's always interesting to have people come to our classroom and share and participate in a cultural exchange. In social studies class, students had work time. You might recall from the podcast yesterday, there is a five-paragraph essay due this evening in social studies on the future of maps, holograms, or augmented reality, whatever it may be. And so students had time in class to actually sit and write, to edit, perhaps to quietly give some peer reflection, and especially to ask questions of Mrs. Schmuck as they were working. This brings up the question, why do we work at school? Uh, there's actually been quite a bit of writing and research on this, but it's a good question. You know, we could just teach at school. Um, we could just do labs and experiences and field trips and save all of the work, the reflecting, the showing what we know, the producing of papers for some other time, for homework. But we find at SOTA too that it is extremely important to give project work time in the classroom during the school day. Our students come to us often as sixth graders with such big ideas, so much excitement and enthusiasm and hope, and also so often none of the skills that they need to take their big idea through to fruition, through to being a finished product or project. And so we spend time in class not just teaching algebra or grammar uh, or the states of matter, we also spend time in class actually practicing what it takes to produce successful academic work. That's a key part of, of being a professional student. And as common as it is to assume that when students are at school, they'll be learning grammar or algebra or the states of matter, a great deal of what we do in our classrooms is also social. And this is part of why we talk about students being professionals in the classroom. The other way that to, to put that is to say to a student, you know, school is your job. But I like to change that language a little bit. I think it makes more sense to talk about being a professional learner because we hope that our students will be professional learners for their whole lives, not just while they're in school. We hope that they will continue to research and investigate and to self-educate. In the classroom when we're working, there are lots of social dynamics happening. One of the big challenges in middle school, of course, is I have a project that I need to do, but my friend is sitting next to me. Which one is more interesting? And some days the project wins out, and sometimes your friend distracts you, or you distract your friend, whatever it may be. And those challenges are healthy. 
those challenges are good and can enable us, empower us to be successful professional learners. It takes self-control and self-control requires practice. And so we put our students in a position in the classroom to try and fail and learn successfully from those failures, right? It, it only takes a quick reminder, please, return to your task or one of my favorites in my classroom is gosh you know what it's just too loud for silent right now for having silent work time and students will make that switch from distracting each other and return back to their task and i think many adults can relate to that if we think about our own professional work lives it's easy to get distracted over the course of the day, get drawn away from your project or your goal or your deadline, and have to find a way to return to it, to refocus, to prioritize the things on your list. And our middle school students, they need that experience over and over so that they can become effective project managers and innovators and inventors so that they can see their big ideas through to fruition. In addition to some work time in social studies, students also engaged in the second philosophy circle of the year. You may recall that we spent some time yesterday in reading class looking at different versions of an article on the impeachment proceedings begun by the House Committee and beginning to familiarize ourselves with the vocabulary, those key words, things like congressional and impeachment, right, so that we could have a successful philosophy conversation today. And students did just that. As I listened to the conversations, in both rooms, I was pleased to discover students making use of those key vocabulary words and challenging each other on their understanding of those words. We had a, a number of questions come up in both conversations, right? One philosophy circle in my classroom and one next door in Mrs. Schmuck's classroom. We had a number of questions come up from different students about the mechanics of impeachment and the mechanics of government and questions about how many terms a president can serve. And so often I, as the teacher, jump in with the answer. It is lovely on Fridays to have the chance to sit back and listen and observe to watch our student leaders organize and, and focus and motivate the philosophy conversation. And a, a shout out to our four student leaders who took on those roles today. Thank you for your work. It's so nice to sit back and listen to students challenge and question each other. And I think that is really at the heart of why we do philosophy circles. If you think about what will happen to our professional learners when they go forward out into the world, what we hope and dream for them, we hope that they will learn for their entire lives, that they will be passionately involved in self-educating, that when a current event occurs, 
that our students will be some of the people who ask for more facts, who probe the issue with penetrating questions, who demand to understand the truth or the whole story. Maybe some of them will become journalists. We'll see. But we also hope that they will continue to be engaged in educating each other, in questioning each other, in challenging, in a, in a productive and a healthy way, challenging each other's ideas. And I saw a great deal of that in our philosophy circle today, when one student would ask, well, what does impeachment mean? Does the president go to prison? And rather than answering the question myself, it was delightful to hear other students volunteer their answers, their understanding, and to watch each of the groups become smarter together. That's one of those things that we say over and over here. We are smarter together. We make ourselves and each other smarter together by educating and questioning each other. At the end of the philosophy circle, students had a chance to reflect, as they always do. We ask for a paragraph of writing or a page of visual notes reflecting on the topic that was discussed, maybe on the quality of the discussion. And often I will give an additional question or, or level of consideration in the assignment. And today, what I handed the students was headlines, right? Actually, I gave them a picture of Bat Boy from the Weekly World News. If you're not familiar, I recommend a Google search for Bat Boy. It will bring the picture right up. Bat Boy was a creation of the tabloid, the Weekly World News, back in the 1990s, and a very lucrative one at that. Bat Boy really helped the Weekly World News sell a lot of newspapers. And it is a good example of how newspapers can entertain us without necessarily educating us. It is also a good example of how newspapers and journalists, right, uh, creative graphic designers and artists might create things that will sell a lot of newspapers without necessarily providing truth. And this is one of the challenges at the heart of the impeachment proceedings article that students read yesterday. So I asked them in their reflection to consider how headlines, how sensational headlines and the need to sell newspapers or sell websites through clicks and advertising might impact the impeachment proceedings. I'm excited and curious to see what sorts of answers come back. I have had a chance to glance over a few shoulders at a few iPads, and I noticed some political cartoons of our current president and lots of peaches. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what comes. That's all I have for today. As I said at the beginning, I hope it's been a good, busy week, and I hope you're looking forward to a wonderful, relaxing weekend. Get lots of rest, ask lots of questions, and we'll see you on Monday.
Speaking of fruit, did anybody tell you why the peach was late for work? Hmm. No? Well, it's because he had to make a pit stop.